You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Ken Korak, the radio broadcaster for the Oakland A's, and I am the luckiest person in the world today to get to talk to you. Ken, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Danny. It's great to be with you. That's right. That's right. So, listen, Ken, you know as well as I do that the winter meetings wrapped up last week in Orlando, Florida, and the athletics, they made some moves, but I'm wondering if you could give them a grade for how they did at the winter meetings. What grade would you give them? Well, uh, that's a great question. I think that if I was going to put a a grade on it, that perhaps B-plus might be the most appropriate uh, because they solved the need. I think, you know, going into the spring, uh, going into the, the winter meeting, Danny, uh, the A's are pretty open about the desire for a right-handed hitting outfielder. And that was their number one need, and they came away from the meetings with uh, the trade involving Stephen Piscotty coming from the Cardinals and also coming back home. And I think he really fits the mold of the player the A's are looking for. Uh, plus, he's signed to a long-term contract, and uh, he'll join some, some other really fine young players the A's have. So I would say mission accomplished in the winter meetings. Ken, the Stephen Piscotty story, it's pretty incredible. His mom was diagnosed with ALS earlier this year. And so this gives Piscotty a chance to be closer to home, closer to his family, and, and be there to help them as much as he can, obviously, uh, between his job, doing his job. But I, I wanted to know what you liked the most about this trade, besides the fact that this is it was kind of a win-win for the Cardinals and the Athletics. Well, you're right, and I'm glad you mentioned that. And as Billy Bean said um, in the aftermath of the trade, the Cardinals showed a lot of class in facilitating the move. Now, of course, they acquired Marcelo Zuna, which I think made it a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, you know, it enabled them to, to feel a little better about making the trade. But the fact they were very intent on sending Stephen to the Bay Area. And, you know, he went to high school about 10 minutes from where we live up in Pleasanton, California. So, um, like you said, it really was a win-win on several levels uh, for the A's and, and primarily because of what it does to reunite him uh, with his family during the baseball season. But the other thing is he's a very fine player. Mm-hmm. And he's a player the A's have watched for quite some time since back in those high school days. And then um, to Stanford, right-handed hitter. Now, last year he had kind of a down year, but I think he may have been an understandably, you know, a little distracted, concerned about the situation when the, the news came down about his mom, and he had a couple injuries he dealt with. But um, he's a plus outfielder. He has a very good arm. I think he has a chance to be a very good hitter. I think his best days are ahead of him. And I do think he fits what the A's were looking for, as I said earlier, Danny, because, number one, they traded um, Ryan Healy to Seattle, so they had to fill that void. And the other thing, they wanted to get Chris Davis into more of a DH role. I don't think he's going to DH all the time, but he's going to get, you know, the, the, my sense is the bulk of the DHing, which really opens up a spot in the outfield for Piscotty. From your side of things, Ken, what questions do the A's still have left to answer heading into spring training? Well, I think they've made it pretty clear that they would like to add a left-handed reliever. Uh, Daniel Coulomb is pretty much the only guy they have left uh, who has big league experience with the ball club coming back, back from last year, who goes from the left side in the bullpen. He made 72 appearances. So I'd be really surprised if they didn't go out and get a veteran lefty reliever. And, and beyond that, anything else might be gravy, but it's hard for me to predict. I've known, you know, I've, I've said this for many years with Billy Bean and David Force, just when you think they're done, but when you think you've figured out what they might do 
in an offseason, they might surprise everybody. Is there a name that sticks out to you, Ken? Does Tony Watson seem like the kind of guy who could fit in there? That's the name that we've read about. I know Susan Smusser has, has written about him, and I think he'd be a great addition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, you know, the, the market for re- relief fishing, and you've, I'm sure you've chronicled this. This has been a big off season for relievers getting nice contracts. So, uh, but there's still there are two or three lefties out there available, and I, I'd be surprised if they didn't um, come back to Oakland with at least one of those guys. And Ken, is this something that you think could happen before uh, Christmas? I know, I know. In the baseball world, we we run, we're ruled by deadlines and dates, and when we think things should and shouldn't happen. And I know a lot of times when we talk about the off season and and trades, a lot of people want them done before Christmas. Teams and families want to spend that day being able to open their gifts and spend time with their families and not worry about where they're going to be living or where their kids are going to be going to school. What do you think or when do you think that this could be done, this deal could be done? I, I don't know. I think you're right. It's, it, it's great for a family to know and to be able to make plans for the, the coming season, but oftentimes there's not a whole lot of activity between now and the first of the year. I would think if you look at the entirety of the off season. Over the years, there are, I think, likely fewer moves taking place between now and January 1st. And it's not unusual for uh, free agents to be signed or for deals to be consummated in January, even in February before spring training. So uh, hard to put a timetable on it. But historically, there's not a whole lot of action this time of year. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Ken, I need to know, this is a burning question that I have for you. What are you most excited about when it comes to this roster? Why should athletics athletics fans be so excited for this season? Well, they have really good young players, and I think one thing you really want with your club is to have hope going into the year and you have players that you can latch onto and watch those players grow, and I think he has felt that way, and they got a real boost, um, not only with the club but with the fan base being energized last year with what we saw from guys like Matt Olson and Matt Chapman. And for me, sometimes going into spring training, when you have a veteran club, there's not that much to watch, even for me. And after all the years I, I've done this, mm-hmm. I want to have that excitement of going to, to, to spring, to Mesa this year, Danny, to see some of the young players. Um, I think the A's have taken a quantum leap in terms of the depth in their farm system. And there are several guys that they acquired last year that we haven't seen, like Jorge Mateo. Uh, and and going into the spring, I'm excited to see some of these young guys and just take a look at them. And Ken, as you mentioned, the youth movement, Billy Bean has been so high on this youth movement. It's been a priority for him. So I think that that, like you said, that that translates really easily to the fans, someone that they can, you know, they're going to buy the jersey and they're going to watch the progression of these players. So it's exciting overall because hopefully these players will continue to stay in the A's farm system and then make their debut uh, with the team as well, right? That's what you want. They've done it before. Now the key to the the club or one of the keys going forward, and especially to galvanize the fan base long term, is not just to develop these players, but to hang on to them. Mm-hmm. And I know that's something that the entire front office has really talked about. But this is an exciting group. And, and even some of the guys, as I mentioned, Danny, that we haven't seen that are coming up in the minor leagues, they've really bolstered the depth. And, um, and the other thing is, I, I don't think it's out of the question that they, in, in fact, with expectations, I think they should be a whole lot better this coming year than they were last year. And after, can they contend? I don't know. But I wouldn't rule out the possibility of them getting into the summer and thinking that 
maybe even the second wild card might be a possibility. I mean, why not? Why not think that way? I know Bob Melvin is going to think that way when he addresses his team in spring training. I think that's fair, Ken. I think that's totally fair. And I can't thank you enough for joining me today on this podcast. You're filling in for Jane Lee, Ken Korak, radio broadcaster for the Oakland Athletics. Thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you, Danny. It's great being with you.